Thanks to Richard for um, bringing that reading today um, from the Gospel of Mark. Um, we're in this Epiphany series called Look to the Light, um, an Epiphany season, uh, the church season where we uh, see the, the light of Christ um, and we try to, in a sense, see the light uh, in our lives, the light of God in our lives through the life and teaching of Jesus. Um, the way we say it is that Epiphany helps us to build a bridge between Jesus' life and, and our lives by paying attention. So our prayers are that as these stories are read and taught over these uh, weeks, that, and as they intersect with our lives and uh, all that we're going through right now, that new things would be birthed in us, that we would be drawn to pay attention to what God is saying to us and the life that he has for us. Um, so far in the series, we've watched the Magi, the people from the East, follow the star to Bethlehem and discover the Christ child, um, God in the most unlikely of places. We've observed Christ and his baptism in the River Jordan. Uh, that was by John the Baptist and the affirmation and blessing of the Father by the Spirit on his beloved Son, who says, I am well pleased. We've witnessed Jesus getting the party really started at the wedding feast at Cana saving the embarrassment of the host when the wine runs out and performing his first miracle, turning water to wine. We've seen the first disciples left stunned at the fishing miracle of Jesus and immediately rethink everything and drop everything, literally dropping their nets to follow this wandering rabbi and his call to follow me. Jesus has been born, he's been baptized, he's been affirmed, he's initiated his ministry, he's called his first disciples. What's left to do? Well, just the very mission that he was called to by God. What is his mission? This fulfillment of the Hebrew prophets, his mission, as we see in, in the stories we've read that Richard read us this morning, the beginning of this mission is... The gospel, the evangelion, the good news that God is here. Jesus' mission was to come and announce that the kingdom of God is here and that it is here through him, the divine light walking among them. That was his mission. And of course, we know how his mission goes and the fullness of that. Here we see Jesus beginning that mission with healings, exorcisms, deliverances. How do you get this mission off the ground? Did he sign a book deal? Did he join the religious elite? Did he write a manifesto? Did he climb the ladder? Did he go up the ranks? Did he give a TED talk? Did he go on a preaching tour? No. Uh, well, yes to the preaching tour, but no to all the rest of it. The way of Jesus was not working the machinations and channels of power and fame and force like we would, like the ways of the world. Jesus had his way, his beautiful way. And in these passages we've read, we see Jesus, uh, like a good Jewish man, show up at the synagogue. He's attending the synagogue and he's teaching. And the first thing we see here, because he is uh, on, a, on a preaching tour, so to speak, he is going about preaching the good news. And it says that the people were astonished. They were astonished because he was unlike any of the teachers they'd heard. He was unlike any of the 
other preachers or rabbis or religious scribes that they had heard. In a sense, we see why, because they had taught the Torah, they had taught root uh, teaching. But here Jesus taught as one with authority, as one with authority, an authority that was, quote, his own authority. Jesus taught with authority, and the people were astonished. And then we see this series of events take place. Jesus casts out a demon, and the people were amazed at his teaching, but also at his power. Word spread, the unclean spirit left. Then we see Jesus heal a woman that was Simon Peter's mother-in-law from a fever. He took her hand and he lifted her up and the fever left. And he goes on to heal a leper. The leprosy and all the stigma and shame of that affliction left. It goes on to say in verse 34 of, of chapter 1 of Mark that Jesus healed many people suffering from all kinds of diseases and cast out many demons. He went into their synagogues throughout the whole of Galilee telling the good news and casting out demons. The unclean spirit left. The fever left. The, the, the leprosy, the stigma and the shame left. You see, here is the thing that Jesus had come into the world to bring the good news of the kingdom of God. What is the kingdom of God? The kingdom of God is the place where God's rule and God's reign is. And so here is Jesus preaching and teaching about this good news. Yes, but he's, he's also embodying the kingdom. He's embodying the kingdom life. He's bringing the kingdom peace. He's bringing the kingdom life in his own life and in his miracles and in his good deeds and in his good works. Jesus, the light of God, the one in whom we look in this epiphany season, in these passages, in this story, in this chapter of Mark, we see Jesus as the living embodiment of the presence of God. He's not just preaching and talking. He's embodying this rule. And this reign in both word and in deed. This means a couple of things for us. Firstly, the people are beginning to figure out who this wandering rabbi really is. Even his disciples who dropped their nets and followed him. They're still not really quite sure what this mission is and what it looks like. And in fact, where it will go, of course. It's really interesting in this passage that it is the, the demon, the unclean spirit that actually recognizes Jesus and his power first. Um, acknowledging Jesus as God's holy one, the, the promised Messiah. It's funny that it's like it took these people a long time to get it. It's a really slow burn, even on his disciples. Jesus is not just another wandering rabbi, but in fact that he is the promised Messiah, God's holy one, the one that the Hebrew prophets had spoken about. And not only has he come to announce and to tell of the good news, but he's bringing it, he's embodying it, he is making things happen. All authority is in him. So on this fifth Sunday of Epiphany, we see this revelation in these stories of the Christ and the light of Christ. 
revealed as the, as the walking and living embodiment of the kingdom of God. You could say that Jesus walks the walk and talks the talk, but there's more to it than this. He comes with authority. He comes with power. He is the very way itself. He's come to change all that is around him. He's come to bring the shalom of heaven through this authority that has been given to him. Remember those words in Matthew 28 when Jesus came and said to his disciples that all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything that I've commanded you. That promise, that declaration uh, in Matthew 28 that Jesus says that all authority has been given unto me. And we begin, that obviously happens before Christ ascends, but in this passage we've read today in Mark 1, we begin to see the authority that Christ has, the unclean spirit left, the fever left, the, le the leprosy, the stigma, the shame left. It turns out that when Jesus is in the room, things happen. Something about this Jesus that we need to pay attention to. And it's this mission that Jesus says is why he has come to tell and to bring the good news. He says that in verse 38. He says to his disciples after a time of prayer with his father, let's go off to the other towns around here. The, the disciples were looking out for Jesus. Where had he gone? He'd gone to be with his father in prayer after performing these miracles. And there was a, a crowd that had gathered, all the town had gathered. They were looking for Jesus to come and heal and perform these miracles. And Jesus says, let us, let us go off to these other towns so I can tell the good news to people there too. That's why I came. He says, Jesus, that's why I came. And so he went to these other synagogues. He went throughout the whole of Galilee, telling the good news and casting out demons. That's why I came, Jesus says. He knows his mission. And he knows his mission is not simply just to be another talking, preaching, wandering rabbi, but he is the one who is embodying the very kingdom of God, the life of of God wherever he moves. I was raised in a Christian home. My parents were Christians uh, as a Protestant Baptist Christian. That's the story I was brought up in. And uh, I was brought up in, a, in, a, in the faith um, with a worldview and in the process, um, a story. And you may have heard this story. I've talked about this before, but this was the story that God made the world, that we humans ruined it by sinning. So God had to send Jesus to die for our sins. So if we believed in Jesus, we would be saved and we would go to a place called heaven when we die. Maybe you've heard that story. If you've been brought up in Northern Ireland, I'm sure maybe you have. Walking through the city center streets, in Belfast, in the 70s, in the 80s, the 90s, and even today, you'll hear that presentation of the story, often through a bullhorn by a guy, never a girl, 
always a guy on a soapbox. I call this the Manic Street Preacher's story. And they say it's good news. And at the time when I was brought up, I saw it like that as good news. Except looking back now on the story that I was told, it just doesn't seem all that good. It seems a little small. It seems a little limited. And as I say, it doesn't sound like good news. It felt like there was a big problem, and the big problem was to remove The big problem was sin and the removal of sin was needed. Humans had a sin problem and Jesus was part of an equation to remove sin, to to make us pure, like a purity ticket so that we could go off to this other place with all of the other pure people, heaven. But the good news seemed like it was only for some people. And along with that, what the story... um, It seemed like it was only for some people. Um, And so that's why it doesn't seem like all that good news. And my wonderings led me to think, well, what does this story have to actually do with this world, with the people in this world, with my life right now, with my hopes and my fears and my dreams? Was this story just about saving souls from this sick place called the world? into a nirvana-like state called heaven? What did this story have to say about the here and the now, about, about injustice, about poverty, about illness, affliction, disease, about viruses, about global pandemics? What does this story have to do with our bodies and our homes and our livelihoods, our relationships, our environment, our world? And then I discovered that this story, this Manic Street Preacher story that I'd heard walking through the streets of Belfast being proclaimed from the soapbox guy, I realized that this small and limited story was not adequate. And my curiosity, or perhaps the Holy Spirit, led me to realize that this story wasn't actually the story. That in fact, the story of God's work in the world was everything to do with making this world new again, putting it back together, wholeness, peace. In fact, the word for that may be shalom. I discovered that this God story was all about shalom and that this shalom was much more than an equation to remove sin from our lives. It was to bring us life. It wasn't simply the removal of something. It was the, it was the liberation into a, a way of life, an abundance of life. It's about freedom from death, liberation from all that hinders us and holds us back and holds us captive. And as I said, deliverance into abundant life. And the scriptures, the Jewish scriptures call this shalom. The story of God in Christ, the revelation of Christ as the light of the divine in this epiphany season reminds us that the story is all about shalom, wholeness, healing. I heard a friend one time describe this, describe this shalom, and he he said to imagine a car sitting turned off, quiet and not moving. It's at peace, right? Well, in a limited sense, but cars aren't meant to just sit quietly. 
when a car starts up perfectly and it's tuned to perfection and the engine works the way it should work and it drives down the street and performs the way it should perform and how it was designed to be without a hiccup or flaw, without a stutter, the car is doing what it is meant to do most perfectly. And that is more like shalom than a car just stationary and quiet. Shalom is when everything is working as it should be, when everything is whole, when everything is functioning, when there is order. In fact, we could say when everything is healed and mended and in harmony. And so the God story is, in fact, a great grand story of making all things new again making everything in this cosmos new again, bringing shalom, true peace and wholeness and healing where everything is as it should be, where the unclean spirits leave, where fevers leave, where shame and stigma leaves, where mental illness is made whole and healed, where traumas are healed, where woundedness is healed, where violence is removed, where peace is restored, where love wins. I think there's a part of every single one of us that yearns to be whole, to be healed. We don't just want to hear the good news, we want to experience it and see it. I guess that's why the Psalm writer always continually uses the language of tasting and seeing that the Lord is good. Because this story has something to do with here and now. This story has something to do with our lives here and now in this world. I think there's a part of us, if we're being honest, every single one of us that yearns for, longs for, shalom, the kingdom of God, the rule and reign of God, the mending of our brokenness, where everything is as it should be in our lives in our interior worlds, in our minds, in our hearts, in our relationships, in our families, in our circles and friends, in our schools, in our societies, in our world. This is what Jesus' mission was and is all about, to bring shalom, to bring God's rule and reign, to bring the kingdom of God You'll remember the words of Jesus in Luke 4 when he says this, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim release to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to let the oppressed go free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. In the epistles, we hear that it is for freedom that we are saved. We also hear in the Gospel of John that he who the Son sets free is free indeed. This Gospel is about liberation. It's about healing. It's about wholeness. It's about renewal. It's about fevers being healed. It's about unclean spirits leaving, fevers leaving, stigma and shame leaving. It seems weird for us, I guess, in the 21st century to think about exorcisms and unclean spirits. But although that language might seem strange or unfamiliar, and the phenomena for us of that might seem, in a sense, strange or unfamiliar, perhaps we should suspend our critical minds and maybe our cynicism for a moment and just let the Scripture 
speak to us. Look at these stories in the Gospel of Mark, what they say to us. This man's personality was overwhelmed, diminished, contorted, and distorted by this powerful spiritual phenomenon that had taken him captive. And Jesus enters the story and doesn't just talk the talk, but he liberates and brings freedom for this man. Hallelujah. Amen. I don't know how the mystery of all of that works. The same can be said for the fever that left Simon Peter's mother-in-law. She was healed and she immediately, it says, went to serve them. She turned her her healing into a, a discipleship posture. She went to serve them. And the man with leprosy, again, made clean. When Jesus is in the room, things change. Jesus liberates and brings freedom. Hallelujah. Amen. I don't know how this works. Um, As someone who I've lived with a chronic illness for the vast majority of my life, and I've experienced healing at times, but not full healing from that particular illness. But I can testify, and I've seen it happen. I've seen... Uh, people overwhelmed with that spiritual phenomenon we know is taken captive in their minds or their hearts, and I've seen them set free. But I've also seen spiritual blindness leave. I've seen fevers leave. I've seen emotional woundedness healed in the name of Jesus. I've seen brokenness made whole and trauma made whole I've seen the kingdom of God break in and although I don't know how this all works and when it all works and what the timeline is all I know is that Jesus came for the sick and he brings healing and liberation and freedom and hope I can testify to being healed from the fever of my own selfishness anger need for control, fear. I can testify that Jesus is the light, the life, the one in whom we find our very life. And as a work in progress, as a disciple of Jesus, and as disciples of Jesus, we all are on a journey. But we follow the one who's not simply just a wandering prophet or a wandering rabbi but the one in whom all authority has been given, the one who brings liberation for the captives, the one who brings healing and hope. And that is the trajectory that this story is on. God is in the business of making all things new. So wherever you are this morning, as we sit in the early months of 2021, the midst of a pandemic and all that that entails, we should know and be comforted and encouraged that we follow Jesus, the one who brings this new world into our reality, the one who has inaugurated this new kingdom of God. And we follow a God who's making and mending the brokenness and the distortion and the sin of this world and making it whole in his time. There is hope, there is healing, and there is power in the name of Jesus So come, let us follow this wandering prophet, the one who is the Holy One of God, the one who has come to liberate us 
out of all that takes us captive, out of all the distractions and the things that hold and hinder us back. Let's follow this Jesus into the free, full, abundant life that he has promised us by keeping our eyes on him, by living his way in this world, by trusting in him. Amen.